That's Key West. Good morning. I'm Gwen Filosa in with you for It's Too Early. That's the name of the show. Broadcasting right off Duval Street in beautiful downtown Key West, Florida. We had some rain yesterday, but we're doing okay. We, we, we muddled through. We got through it like uh, like soldiers. And uh, super excited to have my guest this morning. She's an author, actress, screenwriter, and journalist. Her book is a collection of essays called The Pretty One, and she's behind the hashtag Disabled and Cute. Kia Brown, good morning. Good morning, Gwen. Thank you so much for taking the time. Is it too early for you? It is. It's always too early, though, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I I agree with that. I, I don't know why I have a morning show, but I've become a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> by not by choice but um uh no I really appreciate it um you are super busy you've, you're doing so much work um let's talk about uh your your writing the pretty one uh the essays that that uh, that you wrote tell us what inspired that and the title it's such a great title what, what is the title all about thank you well the title is really just about me reclaiming my right to be pretty you know, I am a twin, and often growing up, even the most well-meaning of my friends would be like, oh, your sister is so pretty. And then they would be like, oh, you look nothing alike. Um, without thinking that, like, wow. that was uh, something that was negative. Like, I don't even think that, they, that it crossed their minds. But it always stuck with me. And so when I was titling the book, my editor at the time, before she left, was like, I think we should title it The Pretty One since that seems to be a common theme within the essays is you reclaiming your idea of beauty and your place in the world and talking about how it is that you want to fit within a larger, like a cultural landscape. So it was really important for me to just say, you know what, not only is my sister the pretty one, but I get to be as well. And that goes for every person with a disability. We also get to be the pretty one. I love that. I love that. Now, um, you, you were born with cerebral palsy, and uh, you, you called it, um, I've seen you write before, you called it a steady stream of self-hate society. We're a self-hating society. How how have you coped with that? And, and speaking of well-meaning, what can people do with their language or their attitude to, to respect the disabled and make sure they're making it a welcoming world? I mean, I think that where we falter as a society with disability is that we see it as one, a thing that we pity or a thing that we're disgusted by. And so I feel like the best thing for our society as a whole is to remember that disabled people are actually people. And when you respect the person that is, is your best friend or a stranger by holding their door, you should also give that same respect to a disabled person and not just view us as all these things that we can't do and view us as people just like you adapting to a world that's not designed for you. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I think the messaging that goes on um, or, you know, about with, with women, I, I'm sure men have it too, but women and uh, non-binary people that, that uh, or everybody, um, this sense of um, appearances and, and conventional beauty that we're kind of, spoon, we're spoon fed this from birth, that we need to look yeah. a certain way. And in general, how, how have you sort of um, coped or gotten past that? Um, I think, I think, yeah, I like the word cope more than gotten past because it's an everyday process. What I try to do is say to myself, you know, you 
belong in every room that you enter. I try really hard to be vocal about the fact that I do feel insecure sometimes. And I do feel like, you know, it is exhausting living in a society that says you're only valuable if you look a certain way. But I try really hard to remind myself um, out loud that there are things of value about me, that there are, you know, that I like my laugh or um, my smile, or I like that I am loyal to my friends or that I really care about film and TV. Like I try to make sure that my uh, compliments to myself are not only out loud, but that I share them with other people so that I can hold myself accountable to keep doing it so that it like sticks. I like that. I'm going to, yeah, affirmations, my friends keep saying do it. I mean, as, and I'll just share this, you know, personally, uh, you know, as a queer woman, I, I, I look a certain way and it's, there's no, there's not a lot of hiding it. I mean, and I'm very open, but I, I get incredibly insecure, grew up believe, believing I was ugly, you know, because it was called that a lot, you know, but, but, and it's just so hard to cope for me to cope with, with that. And, um, and then to realize that we're all beautiful. I mean, there's God created us all, or whatever you believe. I mean, the universe. You know, we're we're all we're all equal. Yeah, I think so too, and I think that's so interesting because I feel like people, you know, whether you're queer or disabled or what have you, if you have any sort of like non-conventional um, identity about you, we're the ones that have to do so much work to remind ourselves that we're just as worthy as the person that people are automatically lauding and, you know, showering with love and affection inherently because nobody else is going to do it for us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think that we're living in a time right now, you know, this continued pandemic, we're going into what, like season three of it at this Mm, point. Feels feels like season 10. Right. So it just, it's like that compounded with the already, exhausting pressures of uh showing up for yourself and like trying to still be productive and and trying to be there for the people you love it's like all of that is compounded on top of these weird beauty standards that we still seem to have despite the fact that people are barely keeping it together and just trying to get through the day and through a global pandemic it's it's just wild to me and and it's just become such a everything's so politically divisive or people radicalize everything i mean everything. you can't just say oh i got my vaccine everyone's you know either without i don't know and also wanted to ask um i guess because uh, you you talk a lot about choosing joy ambition and self-love that's the talk that's the topic of your your ted talk which is up there mm-hmm. on kiabrown.com everybody please watch this video it's amazing and um i i would just think i'm, I'm just spitballing here i just think most people most humans are we we look normal we don't look like the, the cover of vogue we don't look like the the tv actress whose job is to, i mean we all it's weird that it has so much power over us i most people i know we, we kind of look you know average i hate to say that <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah i know what you mean yeah i mean i think it's so interesting because as a person who loves pop culture so much i fall into the trap every single day of being like why don't i look like this um, person Same. on this red carpet wearing that dress or wearing that suit or doing this thing. Why don't I, why does my face not look that fresh? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's so funny because sometimes they don't even look like that. You know, that's Correct. just like hours of makeup 
and like mm-hmm. a good uh, facial and and some money, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that I think that because our world often reflects uh, or, or like is influenced by, I should say, the things that we watch and and you know the TV, the movies, whatever have you, that we're aspiring to something that like even the people that are the thing would tell you like this isn't me every single day. Like I just I can't imagine that even every celebrity that I love and like want to see prosper looks like that every single day. It's just not realistic. Nobody can keep that up. So I think it is funny that we we long for that when in reality that's only like maybe four or five hours out of their day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I grew up with airbrushing. I'm a lot older than you. And now with Photoshop, it, it the, the filters and things that just aren't even real. We're creating sort of these you know total fantasy images, especially of women. Right, because I think that there's a larger pressure on women. To be honest with you, to do that, to be perfect, to look like these people that don't even look like these people, and try to. Um, perfect yourself in a way because we're taught that we're not we're only seen as valuable if we look like x y and z person or if we use this product or that product and um if we lose this amount of weight and we you know eat this amount of calories and blah 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 blah. like it's a cycle that that i don't know how we get out of because we've been in it for so long Mm -hmm. but i think what i try to do um, and, and I fail often, like, especially lately. But what I try to do is remind myself that, like, even the people that I admire and, like, enjoy aren't like that all the time, you know? They also have days where they're, like, in ratty sweats with a runny nose <laughs> and their hair and, like, a really messy ponytail and just desperate for sleep. You know what I mean? It's just humanizing them so that I can humanize myself. Correct. And it's so true. And I've known women, especially women who are conventionally, who do look a certain way and they hate themselves too. I mean, it just never ends. Right. Everybody's got, everybody feels like there's something that's wrong, regardless of who they are. No matter how much we think they might be quote unquote perfect, there's always something that they want to do and that they see as like not perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, your, your book is uh, The Pretty One, that, that's out there, but you also have written a children's book. Tell us all about this, and when is it due to come out? Yes, I'm so excited about it. It is called Sam's Super Seats, and it is out in August of next year. And it is an adorable little story about a little girl going back to school shopping with her mom and her two best friends. And it'll be out in time for the kids to go back to school. And I'm really proud of it. I think that. You know, I was approached to do it after The Pretty One came out, actually. Um, the editor had read it, and she had asked me if I had ever been interested in writing for children. And, of course, as a Virgo, I have a 10-year plan. So that was on my 10-year plan. I just moved it up a little bit. 10-year <laughs> plan? as, as a, Did you say Virgo? Yes. I love that. I don't think Capricorns <laughs> have a plan. Um, but uh, And it is about... Um, uh, a, a girl with cerebral palsy who goes back to school shopping with her best friends is this autobiographical I mean obviously it's informed by your experience but I mean is, is it sort of like hey this is what I went through 
No, not really. I just, <laughs> my, my plan, you know, my master plan and my plan is to populate the world, both literary and fiction with, um, in the, in the, you know, in books and in film and TV with people who are disabled, mm-hmm. like just in general. But this one, I just came up with all on my own. Like I did do back to school shopping, you know, don't get me wrong, sure, but sure, yeah. I often just, just for like supplies, like I, my mom and we did the clothes shopping on our own. Then I was like excited to do the folders and the pens and the pencils. Me too. But this, it's just the best. I'm that's the thing that I miss most. I love folders. Educate. I love it. But I don't really need I love them folders today. <laughs> and notebooks. Right. And like, I have no. I have no. Like, I mean, I can. I can make an excuse because I write. So I'm like, oh yeah, I need this mm-hmm. for work. I need all these folders in different colors. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna get some yeah, folders today. Sure. I'm gonna go buy some. Yeah. I, I don't need them, and I'm I'm very particular about pens. It has to be a fine point, black ink, it, small barrel. <laughs> nothing, nothing makes my heart happy like a pen that is like that writes well. Cause mm-hmm. I have terrible handwriting, Me but too. if my terrible handwriting is through a really good pen, then I'm then I'm just happy. Same. I'm I, the happiest. My my friends look at my handwriting and are like, "What happened?" And it's worse than the you know stereotypical doctor's handwriting, and it it expires. Kia, after if I make notes, I I I record everything now when I interview people. I my my notes expire. Because <laughs> you're like I don't even know what I was. I don't know to what say. it is. I don't know what it is. So Sam's <laughs> supersedes everyone coming out next year. Check it out. And I guess final uh, wanted to bring up you you did you have a lot of followers on Twitter. By the way, congratulations. <laughs> and, Thank um, you. I, I, I and and you created um, the hashtag disabled and cute, and it it really blew up. It, it tell us about that. How did you come up with? Why, why did you want to do that? And how um how did it change your uh, yeah i mean i think disabled and cute was absolutely a game changer for my career essentially what i did was i wanted to celebrate feeling good about myself and like feeling great in my body right so i wanted to to do that by posting four pictures of myself that i really liked and saying like oh i'm disabled and cute it's not like i'm one or the other i get to be both and that's the beauty of it and and to my complete another surprise, it caught on, and other disabled people were using it, and then we went viral and global, and it was like beyond my wildest dreams, and that led me to, you know, meeting my literary agent, and then us writing the first proposal for my first book, which became the pretty one. So I mean, it really did change my life because. You know, before I, I was just a journalist writing, plugging along. You know, I had some, I had some really um, big pieces sort of go viral as well. So that helped with the, the momentum. But I think that the hashtag was like a, a building block to my career. But it was just like that was the thing that pushed it over the edge. It was like, oh, people were like, oh, who is this girl and what is she saying? And like, oh, look. She also has these other things that she's saying and this other thing that she's doing. So I was able to um, monopolize on that and show people that, yes, I created this hashtag that I'm really proud of, but I'm also a writer and I'm also working on screenwriting and, and you know, now studying to be an actress. And it was just like this dream come true thing that I think I could have never imagined for me, uh, you know, when dreaming. And I'm glad that it happened because it really did change my life. 
it was a way to celebrate me. And now I think it's really nice to see that even years later, people are still using it. They are to I, celebrate I themselves today, and it's it's such a. Also, thank you for reminding us all that Twitter should be used for good. It, yeah. <laughs> it should because oftentimes it's not <laughs> I'm telling you but um, <laughs> Kia Brown thank you so much for taking the time congratulations I wish you continued success and you know what from one beautiful human to another have a have a great day and holiday you have a great day and holiday as well thank you so much for having me back no, anytime anytime come back whenever you want and take care you too bye 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 And thank you all for tuning in this morning to It's Too Early. Here weekdays at 8.15, all kinds of guests coming on. Also available in podcast form, Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Stitcher is a very popular uh, app. Check it out. And let's see, what else is going on? Oh, I am headlining a comedy show January 16th, Comedy Key West, over there, 218 Whitehead Street. ComedyQuest.com for tickets. Um, I'm super excited. They're they're uh, letting me. They're giving me this uh, this opportunity. I've never really headlined. I've done. I've been very grateful. The the people have been very good to me in this town, letting me do stand up. But um, it's my 50th birthday, and I know what you're thinking. Go out and you don't look a day over 48. And um, I'm uh, celebrating, doing, putting on this comedy show, inviting. Uh, Everyone to come and help me cope. I'm kind of excited. I love my birthday. I always wake up going, hey, you missed me, death. Missed me again. Very happy to, uh, very grateful to to be healthy and aging um, pretty well, actually. But um, yeah, just uh, just come check it out. January 16th, 8.30 p.m. Tickets are limited, but available. There's a, there, there's a, been quite a few sold. I'm, I guess people like me here. Um, we got to push on with a song, but I'll come back and look at news and weather. And uh, I bet the weather, I bet it's going to be really super nice. It was hot the other day. Like when we all went on this lighted bike ride to look at holiday lights and just basically drive down Duval by going through every intersection at will. Um, and everyone was cool. They were like, go ahead, bike ride people. Um, it's fine. You know, we messed up an uber ride or two but we were all kind of like it's kind of (laughs) warm i was like this is the greatest life ever um yeah so stick around i'm gonna play a song by weezer who doesn't love weezer happy hour stick around everyone